0: Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Chronicles of Mister. My guest today is a dynamic educator, one who is making a change in the world of education. My guest is none other than Mr. Farr, a passionate black male educator who has been making waves in the classroom. On today's episode, he shares his journey, his insights, and the incredible impact that he's having on his students and his community. In this episode, we'll dive into the power of representation in education, explore Mr. Farr's transition into the classroom, and discuss the challenges and triumphs of being an educator, especially in areas where there's limited diversity. Without further ado, here's my episode in my conversation with Mr. Farr, and this is The Chronicles of Mister. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Chronicles of Mister. I'm Mr. Pierre, and I'm so glad to be joined by another Black male educator, the one, the only you may have seen of him or heard of him. Mr. Farr. Mr. Farr, welcome to, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, this is an awesome opportunity.
0: I like what you do. Um, yeah, same, represent- same. I know, I know I'm know. i really excited for this. Well, I always get excited whenever there's a Black male um, <laughs> because I just know there's so few of us who are educators in the classroom. Like I was saying before we started recording, um, when I first started the podcast, there was 2% of us as of the end of this academic year it's 1.3% of us so i'd like to start off by asking the guests and particularly black men who are in education like hey what brought you um, to education um well
1: i'll say like this i worked uh, i worked a lot of retail jobs so i was assistant manager for home depot but i just knew i didn't um i didn't re- like you know you're good at something but it's not satisfying so the only parts of that job that I liked because I was a specialties manager was training associates and then seeing them succeed, training department supervisors. And that is what was like, you know what? I think I really want to do teaching. You know what I mean? Because that's the yeah. part of my job that I really like gravitated towards. So um, started going back to school and I chose to be a teacher. And then I'm going to be honest, like this representation thing is kind of an interesting thing where I'm at. Because originally my idea was about having students being able to see themselves in me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And because I I know what that's like to be the only black, especially like through college, the only black male student, like mm-hmm. at all, and you don't see hardly anyone that looks like. Me. So, um, that was like my original like motivation. Those two things, like this is pouring into young people, is something that gratifying to me um and then also wanting to be uh, like being able to have them see someone who looks like them in the classroom most definitely so, I do want to just tag this on is interesting enough I don't have any students that rarely look like me <laughs> where I teach <laughs> um I teach in a very small town like 5,000 you know okay. um so this was one of those things about representation that also I I learned after getting in the classroom is that Mm -hmm. the representation in this way also matters. Right, right. Talk about it, yeah. (laughs) Well, because my students who are like, it's like 30 some odd percent Portuguese, 30 some odd percent Mexican, and 30 some odd percent white, Mm -hmm. they, in, in this kind of construct, they would hardly even interact with any Black people at all, um, yeah. let alone black males, like yeah. literally probably in the town at any given time, I might be the only one, but um, I think, I, I didn't think of that before, but I was like, oh, this representation in this way matters too, right? because right. then they can actually interact with a black male and not who's, and nothing against athletes or whatever these other people, but mm-hmm. that's all they see right, right? or in movies or whatever. And so this way they get to see a, a black professional, you know? And so that representation matters for their, their perspective in the way that their world.
0: Now you would mentioned that you were working retail prior to being in the classroom. Were you intentional about going to a school environment where you were the only black male? No. Or so, what? Okay. so what happened
1: was, um, After I had left Home Depot, I started um, going to school and then I was like the manager of this restaurant. I was just working at the restaurant while I was going to school because it fit my schedule. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just doing that. And so um, about the time where I, would, you know, you apply for jobs. So one year I was um, like, I didn't get any jobs. I was like, oh, but then my backup plan was a substitute and serve in between there. So I did that for a year. Yeah. And then the next year I got an, I got a one year gig. Mm-hmm. So teachers, out do leave of absence. We need a science teacher for an entire year. Yep. So I went into it like, hey, I can get a teacher salary. I can teach in the classroom and I, and I can do that. And I, that's what I was thinking. And I would go to another school, yeah. but that teacher ended up not coming back. So um, because of that, they hired
0: me on for that position. That's kind of how, that's how I got into this school. Got it, got it. And in the time that you were subbing, because you um well, well let me ask you that. What is what was the biggest difference between you being the sub versus you being the full time teacher where they knew like or the kids knew or maybe even the staff knew like, hey, Mr. Farz is just not here for this one year, but he's actually here like he's in it, in it. You know, um the
1: subbing for me, I think I have a little bit of an unusual subbing because Um, I interviewed for this school Mm -hmm. and they were like, you don't have enough experience to be a teacher, but we think you're going to be a good teacher. So you're going to be one of our main subs. So they signed me up for a whole bunch of um, classes and what, like to sub, like, you know, anytime there's training or any of those types of things. So they signed me up. So I had days with them each, each month. So mm. I was on their campus a lot, which is unusual, I think, necessarily for regular something until you get in. Yeah. So, and then I had teachers at other schools. Like there was a high school I subbed at as well on a regular basis. I would sub for certain teachers because kind of you know that is like once a teacher's like, oh, I like you, I like this sub. Like I'm getting them for everything. I can. Yep, yeah, yep. So, um, I was able to build a little bit of rapport with these students. So. It's a little bit different than I think the more randomized um, subbing. But definitely it it is subbing is hard cuz you got to try and go in and set the tone, build relationships, and you got to try and do it in this really like small amount of time. Yeah. where in your own classroom you can kind of build this, you know, over over the whole school year. Yep, yep. And and It's your tone. It's what you think is important. Not necessarily, you know, subbing. You're kind of coming in for what other people think is important. Yeah. um, I would say this just for new teachers in general or people who are thinking about teaching. Sub as much as you can and as many grade levels as you can because then it helps you to figure out to like what you like, like really, as opposed to just that idea in your head what grade level you like. And then also there's a lot of amazing teachers with amazing ideas and amazing organization systems that you can grab from, you know, as
0: yourself. For sure. For sure. Um, Your mic sort of went out just a little bit towards the end there of, I think what you were just saying there of teachers who can sub ought to sub. And like you mentioned, sub in different, what I call lanes because there's elementary from, I'd say like K through five, the middle school years, even like five through eight, and then high school, nine to twelve. Each of those lanes, if you will, the kiddos are different, and you, your, like you were mentioning, the things that you deem important, the things that you really like. This is my hill that I'm going to die on. Whether it be, you know, um, classroom culture. All of the hills are important, but if you, if you're a new teacher, you know that there are certain things that you just got to get comfortable with, aside from the content. Um, that when you're a sub you just don't have the time (laughs) whether it's if you're there for one day if you're there for a week even if you're there for a month or a month like there's certain things where you're like look i know i'm on a (laughs) time i got time i I gotta make sure that i'm hitting this and i also want to make sure that whatever the teacher left i gotta make sure that that gets done with like so that mindset of sub versus teacher is uh (laughs) is definitely a mind shift that one has to to make and then like I was saying, or like you were saying, elementary versus middle versus high, it's it's all different. And how you approach it is totally different too. So what lane did you choose? Are you elementary, middle school, or high school?
1: I am an eighth grade science teacher, so I'm in middle school. Um, I mean, I feel like I could teach high school, but I actually thoroughly enjoy middle school. Same. And I think if you enjoy middle school, please be a middle school teacher, We need middle school teachers who care and everyone's scared to teach it. (laughs)
0: So
1: we need as many good middle school teachers as possible. People are scared to teach it. So I'm like, please, if you like middle school,
0: stay here, please. So let me ask you, because I too am a middle school teacher. My whole career has been, I've fluctuated from fifth grade all the way through eighth. Um, And yeah, same. Like I recognize with the littles elementary, I can give you 30 minutes. But after that, I'm just like, I'm tapped out. I need else. I need to get out of here. And then two, for the the high school, I could do it as well, but the most joy, what fills my bucket are those middle school kiddos who very much are a roller coaster, but I'm like, I can ride this. So uh, it doesn't, it doesn't phase me or scare me. Like when others, I don't know if this has happened to you. You tell folks that you're middle and they're like, Oh snap, bless your heart. Thank you for doing All the it. Time. Yeah. All the t- and I'm like, I wouldn't have happened any other way. <laughs> I love <laughs> teaching middle school kiddos. No, one hundred
1: percent. That happens all the time. That's always yeah. the reaction. Yeah, and yep. and I'm
0: like, I love it. They'll eat you alive if you let them. <laughs> if you let them, right, right. What was that like for you? Like in the beginning, were, were you all? Have you always been in middle school?
1: Yes. So okay. this will be my fifth year teaching eighth grade science, and at Dope. the beginning, man, it was. But I think this is mostly for most teachers. It's you have these ideals mm-hmm. and then you have reality and you're yep. trying to find between the two and probably the the same struggle that most teachers have. You don't have a new, curri- a new or newer curriculum. You may not have a curriculum at all. So then you're trying to beg, borrow, and steal yeah. something together to figure that out. Um, also trying to figure out what's most important. Um, to yeah. you and your classroom and your classroom culture. Yep. Like you, Again, you have these ideas, but when you get in there, it, it's, it's a different ball game as to what really is important. So um, I think those were some of those struggles. And then I feel like just even small things like, uh, how hard should this test be? How much work should you be giving them? Like in certain things because you know the harder you make projects or things, the more grading on the back end. How to even set up? It, like there was all kinds of things I was learning, but I think for the most part, um, establishing what are the things that are important and what is my classroom culture gonna look like. And, and I think you mentioned thing like, what hills are you like? No, I'm I'm dying here. This this yeah. this, is it. this is gonna be a fight, and this is something I'm gonna hold the line.
0: Yeah, I. It's, it's interesting, too, because there are those who have gone the traditional route of um, they knew they were going to education. Therefore, they were able to do like student teaching or be in a classroom to observe. And so they were able to, even though they didn't have the full on responsibility of um, being the teacher or leading the class, they had some ideas. When you're a sub or if, if you're doing a career switch, like you have no idea. Was that the case for you or did the subbing help you to at least know the things that you didn't know because there's some who come into the profession like they don't even know what they don't know so they can't even prepare for it whereas maybe if you sub you're like all right i've seen this good really good teacher i've observed them um these are the things that are important to me that i'll make sure that i do or don't do um was that the case for you did you have an idea of the things that you wanted to really focus on or was it
1: just like, i say 50 50 because i felt like i was in a scramble about curriculum Mm. Because the previous teacher was like, I'm going to leave you all this stuff. They left me like maybe the beginning part. Yeah. Then after that, it was kind of like going You're to right. filing cabinets, trying to. So that consumed a lot of my time. And mm. I was still going to school. So I was wow. still going to credentialing school at that time. So that consumed like a lot of my time just trying to. um. Know what to teach, line up the in, like make sure everything's lining up to NGSS standards and being like, oh, we're not teaching this. And then also feeling the students out to be like, oh, okay, you're supposed to be able to do this thing with the metric system, but you don't even know what the metric metric system system is. is. Okay, now I need to create a lesson. So, what is the metric system Um, before we can even go into conversions or, oh, we got to do a lab? Well, yeah. I gotta teach a whole thing on lab safety. Yeah. Oh wait, you don't even know how to uh, use the lab instruments. Okay, we need a whole section on that. That's not in the curriculum anywhere. But these are things you're like finding out as a teacher, and you're and then you're like, okay, I need to build it. So I spent a lot of time uh, doing that, and I think a little bit less time, I would say, on um, culture or learning classroom management because that's all. That's a whole nother thing um, in that first year. I, I yeah. think I really was like spending a lot of time just on the curriculum and my lane of how to, how to teach that, you know,
0: so. I mean, you, you're giving me flashbacks and I'm sure there are folks who are listening to this episode who are like, oh, snap. All right. I'm not the only one. <laughs> um because yeah that first year for me as well was like content 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 i want to make sure for me it was like these kiddos understand the math that uh um, the common core standards that i'm hitting them i'm making sure that i'm crossing all the t's dotting the i's when the gaps did present themselves then i was like all right i gotta close this gap make sure that by the end of this you know this month or this unit kids are and so yeah that was the thing that consumed me as well you now being was it done with year five or are you going into year five? I'm going into year five. So you now haven't finished four years. What do you feel like is the thing that, hey, if I could go back, do a back to the future, leave myself a note and be like, hey, Mr. Farr of the past, this is the one thing that you need to, or this should be the number one thing that you think about. What would be that number one thing? Um, I would go
1: with building healthy relationships with your students. Hmm. Making sure your classroom, and this was one of the things I really tried to do in the first year, but because of being consumed by these other things, I didn't do as good of a job, but making sure your classroom is safe. Hmm. And not just like from a physical standpoint, but from like an emotional standpoint. Being able to share without other people making fun, like being a safe place, being a classroom that your students want to come into. Talk about it, yeah. I would ensure those things. Because those things help out with behavior management or classroom management, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. And then they also help with the learning because students are more willing to do work. They're more willing to learn when they feel comfortable and they actually know that you care. Yeah. That, that's another thing that I definitely would put more out in front. Like I, I, <laughs> some of my students, because I'm teaching at the high school, but I'm teaching at the middle school students. Yep. So I'm not like in my classroom. But because of that, so my students who graduated, they went to they're at this high school, so they've been coming in. I was like, "How'd you find me?" They're like, "Hey, we heard you was over here, so we're coming to visit." Yeah. And this and this that. But that's one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, you're coming to visit because you felt safe and the relationship is yeah. good and all of those things, and you know that I care about you." So when my students left, when they left, I was like, "All right, all right, say so y'all need to get to your class. I love you guys." And then the students in here were like, oh, what? And I said, no. And then so we kind of just walked through that like, what does that mean? And why do I even say this? You yeah. know, about, about being upfront about, hey, I care about you as a person. Yes, I am your teacher. Yes, we're going to get down to business. Yes, I'm going to hold you accountable if there's issues. But I care about you as a person first. I respect you as a person first beyond
0: anything else that. That, that's it. That's it right there. Similarly, I have the, the same philosophy and similar to what you were saying too, of kids who I teach taught or haven't taught yet coming to my classroom and just wanting to chill because similarly they feel, they they have the feeling like, all right, this is a safe space. I can be me and it's not going to, I won't get ridiculed either from the teacher, nor is he going to permit others to, to, to on me or roast me or anything like that. So yeah, that, that, that safe space that you talked about, for sure, I'd say that's number one as well as a, as a new teacher to make sure that you're establishing that so that kiddos feel safe so that they can then learn. Because if they're not feeling safe, then everything else is up aside from the antennas to be like, give me, give me your focus, attention for whatever it is that you're trying to teach. So 100%. Was that something that you learned by yourself or was there a mentor or someone who's like, hey, this is what you got you to gotta stake down into the ground first?
1: You know, my first year teaching was 2019. Oh. So... yeah so i've taught every i guess way possible i guess you know from uh well the kids can just show up they want to that was the end of that 20 that 2019 2020 year so um yeah because i was home i got to reflect on some things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because we didn't teach the whole year and that was one of those things that i was like and I'll be honest, like my first year teaching, that was a much larger classes. I don't think I had any less students than 32. Oof. I had some 35, like, you know. Um, so I just I just was like, I really want to have protect that learning environment. You hmm. know what I mean? Like, like that's important to me. Like I think I just realized that after reflecting on like. How it went, how many referrals I handed out, like all those different things that you got going on that you're saying, like, hold on, boom. So, all those different things where you're um, kind of just thinking about how the year went. And I got to think about that a little bit earlier because of the fact that we were home by like, you know, and and now I had students logging in, like, you know, it was kind of optional, like they could log in once. So it, that was a wild time. So they could yeah. log in maybe once a week or whatever. And those were the students who really cared and were trying. And then I was just thinking about the the whole, like I was just able to process some of those things. Um, because it, there was, there was, because school credentialing stopped, like everything kind of stopped. So I didn't really have a lot of mentorship during that time, but I did get some time to reflect. And, and I think go back to those things where, if you say relationships are important, if you say whatever those things are that you say are important, how do your actions line up with those things that you say are important? And I'm yeah. like From now on, that was one of those things the second year I was like, I'm protected in this learning environment. Students will be able to feel safe here. I don't care how what has to happen. I'm making sure that that. So I think just having that time at home to kind of process through those things is where I like came to that like
0: that that's props to you, sir. And props to any teacher who, if your beginning was 2018 or 2019 or even 2020, um, because you're absolutely right. It was for uh, for myself, that was, I had 15 or so years and it felt like similar to what you were saying. It felt like a, a whole sort of hit the reset button on what education was. Um, And yeah, the pandemic when COVID hit really just pulled the sheet back, showed everyone like, look, if you thought you could do this and you thought it was easy, all you had to do was just stand up in front of kids or be in front of kids and like you're spewing out knowledge, thinking that you're the stage on the stage. Then you came to the realization like, oh, snap, teaching really is an art. It really takes a whole bunch of different things to make it work. Um, and so anyone who was starting where you didn't have any experience underneath your belt and like, that was the beginning of it all for me, I, I salute you, sir. So you get your flowers for me for, for coming in at that time. And then not only coming in, but like remaining in the work and for anyone who is no longer in the work, again, no shade being thrown to you, but props to those who who are still in it. So let me ask you, what is your, why, why are you still doing this, my man? Cause only 1.3% of us are still doing this. (laughs) Why, what keeps you going?
1: Um, I think one, I, I was talking to someone about this the other day, like this is my purpose. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, I could do this in other ways. I am, well, I'm like stepping down from being a youth. So I've been work. And before that I worked with, I worked with young people whose parents were in addiction. Mm -hmm. So I've been working with young people. This is just, um, my purpose and I love being in the classroom. I get energy um, from that. Also, the I, the thing that, yeah, you're going to go teach every year, but it's a brand new adventure, brand right. new set of kids, brand right. new set of personalities. And all of those things are um, exciting to me. And then I think also, man, representation is mad important. hmm it's one of those things I like came to grow over like like three years like i it really like changed my mind on how important representation is, and um and so that's another reason why I definitely want to stay in here as long as I possibly can um but yeah, those are like my my motivations, my whys. And I just, I love it. Uh, I love it. It's crazy. It's stressful. It's awesome. And so I'm like, that's why I'm like, no, I got to stay in here as, as long as possible. And even if I'm like, oh, I can't teach anymore. Maybe I'll be a counselor or maybe work in the juvenile hall. Like, I'm going to want to to do something in this
0: land. What? Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear you. I, I feel you uh similarly i i recognize that my place my purpose where i find the most joy yet is in the classroom um yeah and i'm trying to stay in as long as possible because i have seen how important representation is like you mentioned to have those kiddos who i had them when they are in the 6th grade and when they're graduating from college and writing back to me telling me like mr pierre like that year with you was super pivotal and from that year being able to go on to do great things um or other things was is the thing that keep keeps me going. So props to you, sir. Props to you. If you, if I were to ask you, is there anything because as educators, we're always looking to get better, um, to hone our skills and our craft. Um, is there any book that you've read that you're like, yo, this has really been dope, either to feed my soul personally or on a professional level? That you're like, hey, folks, really need to to get into this book.
1: Um. I would say I think his last name is Wong mm-hmm. but he has like a a classroom management book and it's actually really good because it's like practical like day one <laughs> like it's very very basic it it's a it's a I really thoroughly enjoyed that book and it helped me a lot with building healthy classroom management practices and this thing that I, am like on, on now about routine, routine, routine. And even being in this, like being in someone else's classroom right now, like I'm finding the routines and like, I'm like, okay, cool. This is how we're going to do this. This is where this is going to Okay. Routine, routine, routine. So that helped. I would say that book helped me out as a teacher to build routines and then the students can just do, and it's less pressure on you as a teacher telling them like, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. Well, you already have a routine. Just like they were asked, like we had a break today and and I told them already, there's a timer. And they're like, how much time do we have left, Mr. Park? I'm like, look at the screen. I'm like, it'll, it'll be there for you. I said, that's the routine. And so um, that has been extremely helpful with um, making the classroom more efficient. Yeah. So, um, that, that book was definitely and a book that I actually still kind of like, go back to.
0: Dope, dope. And this is the selfish part of the podcast for me, knowing I'm a lover of music, <laughs> so I love to always get new suggestions from folks. If you were to come up with a playlist, five songs, five albums, five artists, or mix, however you would like to remix it, at least five, who would make it onto the Mr. Far uh, playlist? Oh my goodness, okay. Folks, I don't know if if you're listening to this. The way Mr. Far just leaned back, (laughs) it was like, "All right, get yourself ready." (laughs) Oh my goodness! Um, you know what? I would say
1: one of the best that I like. Now, you mean like in the like music that I use in the classroom, or you
0: mean just like in general? Just Mr. Far. However, you want to classify it's up to you.
1: Okay. Um, I would say like this. One of my favorite artists right now is. Kobe Nguyenwe
0: Yeah. He,
1: uh, he's masterful, but then he also speaks with power. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would say by far he's my favorite artist because the you know what the thing that has attracted me to him as a rapper was yeah. the fact that his wife was always in the video. Yep. He yep. always was putting his family and his wife right there where he was at. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. I like especially as a black man like yes come on Yep. <laughs> so so did that, you see and, like,
0: uh transformers no because i haven't seen yeah. transformers Ooh, yet don't see it bro it's good it's okay good. yeah
1: i need to i mean yeah. i've that's the crazy because i've seen a lot of movies because i end up getting that movie pass i know or like else.
0: No, no i got I, that I'm movie pass, yeah
1: <laughs> i was watching like all these movies you know yeah. so um uh, by the way, I went and saw the new Indiana Jones. Okay, I thought it was pretty good. Okay, my mom was like, "This is the best Indiana Jones I ever saw." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "You need to chill with that."
0: Okay, okay,
1: but that- I would definitely say Tobey Gwenway is my favorite. Okay, um, I, you know, he, this a this is an artist, but John Coltrane, I just love. <laughs> I just love listening. Um to to his music and going back. I actually have
0: some records and things that I Same. Same. Um, back I'm,
1: to that. Yeah.
0: So um, Toby and John Coltrane. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's too long.
1: Um
0: another um
1: I would say and this isn't like necessarily an artist, but this is just a kind of music is like chill hop. Yeah. It's like this kind of jazzy hip hop instrumental These are things I like to use in the classroom um, during work time a lot. And then I like to put on um, for for myself. So um, I like that. Uh, Let's see. I have favorites, but you know what? Those are the three that I would say I listen to the most. Outside of that, like honestly, uh, for my students, I know this is going to sound silly. I find <laughs> trap remixes of, like, all the favorite cartoons. You know? Okay. okay. <laughs> they were like, hey, today they were like, oh, this playlist is lit, Mr. Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> but it's stuff that I still find enjoyment of. It sounds cool, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so um, there is one other person and I think it's NK... NK, they okay. have they make instrument they're on youtube but mm-hmm. they make instrumental music all the time like singles but then they have whole beat like albums and so it'll be like a whole series of you know like 10 12 instrumentals and i just love their,
0: music, their style
1: and they have different a little bit of a different genres of 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 that but they do a lot of uh like hip-hop kind of instrumentals that are like sometimes they're jazz, or maybe they're like the summer kind of feel like they they do that. So I really enjoy their, their music as well. I guess I would put that as my five. There's so many other artists and things because I'm kind of a I think a,
0: a random person. It pertains to it, it's interesting because I think we as educators there is a certain level of, we say it's random, but I think it does depend on Cause similarly, as you were speaking, I was like, Oh snap, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Cause you mentioned John Coltrane. I was like, all right, I got Miles Davis. You mentioned the, like the hip hop jazz. And I was like my whole um, dating myself is like uh, I'm forgetting what the name of the the CD is, but it's like, they took all like the early two thousands, late nineties, put it to like jazz instrumentals. Um, you just mentioned like the kiddos and uh, like the, the cartoon, whatever intros and in, in that being set to trap music. And similarly, I've done the same thing with, my students where they've made suggestions. I'm like, all right, let me listen to this, make sure that it's clean. I don't lose my job. Um, and then listen Come to off. listen to it. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, this, this, this hits. Okay. I can put this on the classroom playlist as well. So I think the randomness is really from what the kiddos are like, we're into this. And as a collective that changes every year. Um, and depending on when in the year, because beginning of the year versus the end of the year kiddos flavors sort of change as well too. So I, I don't, I think it's, we say it's random, but I think it's really, it's set by, uh, by our kiddos. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's an assignment I like to do it the, when we come back from, um, winter break, mm-hmm. so I have them make a playlist. So kind of have an iPod looking thing and they have to put the, that to put the words, the names on and they put the links. So, and yeah. I go through and listen to their music. You know? And so I have picked up music from them. Yep, and yep. so, um, yeah. I would say there's one last song that I always put in my rotation. I don't really listen to his music all the time. And crazy thing is, I found out later, oh, he was on, um, what is that show where they're searching for talent? They got the singers.
0: and American uh, Idol? or Yeah, American Idol. He was on
1: American Idol. This guy, Scotty McQuarrie, and this song, Five More Minutes.
0: Five More Minutes, okay.
1: By the way, peep this song in. It really is about time and appreciating the time. Mm. and being like man i just like in the song he's just like i wish i had five more yeah you know, all these various situations So okay um, that is a song that i is regularly has made my playlist <laughs> for three years in a row because i make a yep. i kind of make a playlist for myself in youtube like when as i come across songs
0: that i just like i don't care about the year i, yeah. I
1: just add them in
0: so dope dope sensational um i know for certain that uh We'll be having another conversation. You'll be back on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming through. Anyone who's listening, I am sure there are a couple of gems that you could relate to what Mr. Farr was speaking of. I know for one that myself, I'm a big advocate of is create those positive relationships with your kiddos as soon as possible. And that is going to help you so much. That'll take you so far in regards to whether it be classroom management, whether it be investment from kiddos. Whether it be in, in the learning of the kiddos, when they feel safe, they're gonna they, they will do so much more in terms of uh, their learning and being able to demonstrate their learning. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Chronicles of Mister. I am Mister Pierre, he's Mister Far, and we're out. <laughs>